Welcome to You News, the podcast using the power of Univision to bring the news that matters to you in English. Today is Thursday, March 19th. I'm Andrea Linares. These are today's headlines. Coronavirus cases surging globally in the U.S. There are now more than 10,000 people infected. Health officials say younger Americans are driving the spread of the virus. President Trump signs a new coronavirus aid package, which guarantees paid emergency leave and free testing, though tests remain in short supply across the country. And as small businesses are hit hard by government-mandated shutdowns, a group of chefs across the country are lending a hand however they can. This and much more today on You News, transmitting live from our newsroom in Miami. In the U.S., the number of cases increasing by more than 2,700 since yesterday. The number of those infected now standing at more than 9,400. And the death toll up to 150. Many counties have issued shelter-in-place orders. This, as the federal government is said to be preparing for a pandemic that could last up to 18 months or longer. Let's go to Lorraine Gassidis. She has the latest information working from home today as our team tries to follow all the precautionary measures possible. Lorraine. That's right, Andrea. We're trying to follow the advice of health officials. Um, as you know, for a TV crew, it's very difficult to follow these instructions, but we're trying our very best. Here in the U.S., I can tell you that the claims for the jobless claims has spiked to the highest point in two years. And this keeping in mind that this crisis that we're in just started a few days ago. So we have to be prepared to see those numbers jump all over the country. Doctors are saying they're running out of protective gear and Hospitals are doing everything they can to really increase the number of beds available. A huge effort in Washington state to fight the spread of the coronavirus, a soccer field being turned into a temporary hospital to treat patients. King County officials say they need 3,000 more beds to fight the virus, and this site alone will provide up to 200. In New York, cases are now well into the thousands. The governor there worried about a lack of sufficient hospital beds, relying on the federal government's promise to send over a Navy hospital ship. In California, first responders are asking residents to be honest about their symptoms when they call 911 asking for medical help. That will help us don the right personal protective equipment so that we can respond to you, provide you that care. And then the key to that is not exposing us and causing us to get infected with the coronavirus so that we can continue to provide our service. The Bay Area has at the moment the most strict shelter-in-place order. People asked to stay home for three weeks. Parents left to deal with work and teaching their kids. We started online instruction starting yesterday and we'll be having it for the next month. In Hawaii, Governor Ige says kids will be back in school on March 30th. Teachers fighting back, filing a complaint with the union, saying it's too soon and practicing social distancing in a classroom is nearly impossible. The governor insisting the impact of not opening schools would be unprecedented, making the following proposal. It is about uh, changing schedules, for example, recess, rather than having the entire school uh, out at recess at the same time. It would be assigning different classes to different parts of the campus, uh, staggering recess, uh, staggering lunch period so that those that uh, would gather uh, in the cafeteria would be significantly smaller. 
police departments in cities like Chicago and Philadelphia making sweeping operational changes, no longer jailing for nonviolent offenses as the coronavirus threatens to strain resources. In Georgia, the entire state legislature has been ordered to self-quarantine after state Senator Brandon Beach was diagnosed with coronavirus. Meanwhile, in Washington, D.C., two members of Congress, Representatives Mario Diaz-Balart, Republican from Florida, and Ben McAdams, Democrat from Utah, have both tested positive. I have a temperature of about 103, and it uh, feels like I have a, a belt around my lungs, so I just I can't take too deep a breath. It's a little bit labored breathing, and, uh, and then just really achy. Uh, probably the worst cold I've ever had. Um, and, <coughs> sorry. And, um, and I'm healthy. And we're just learning that in Illinois, two emergency room physicians from Rush Oak Park Hospital have tested positive for the coronavirus. They are now in isolation in their homes. Andrea, this is a number that we should expect to see increasing in the coming days. Now back to you. Unfortunately, that number will increase. Thanks so much, Lorraine, for that report. And please stay safe out there. And now to some major political news to report today. Tulsi Gabbard has officially ended her bid for the White House. In a video message, the congresswoman from Hawaii offered her best wishes to Senator Bernie Sanders, but said she would be supporting former well, Vice all, President Joe Biden the, the for president. Meanwhile, the Trump administration signs a coronavirus relief package into law as the White House ramps up efforts to address the economic fallout from the coronavirus pandemic. Janet Rodriguez has the latest from Washington, D.C. Janet, what did the president say this morning at that coronavirus task force daily press briefing? Hi, Andrea. I think the main news from this morning is that the administration has also taken all the red tape from the FDA to be able to fast track a uh, medicine that could help with the symptoms of coronavirus. Not a not a, a treatment exactly to cure the coronavirus, but something called hydroxychloroquine. And this is a medicine that is currently used to treat malaria and to treat acute arthritis. And this is now being tested for possible being able to to possibly help people who have already um, con who have been already contaminated with the virus and are feeling acute symptoms that may be able to help them. Now, the president today sending mixed messages. He said that this may be available soon. That you could ask your doctor for a uh, prescription and get this medicine right away. However, when we did hear from Dr. Han, the doctor at the FDA who is doing the trials, he said, "Not wait a minute. This is only a medical trial at the moment. We're trying to figure." out if this medicine would work. We believe it will work, but we need to figure out what the right doses may be because it may be more harmful to people that it may be beneficial. So there's still a lot of things to try to figure out. But what we do understand is that they have taken the red tape so that this is sped forward as fast as possible and we can get this medicine on the market. Let's listen to a little bit of what happened in that press conference today. Clinical trials are already underway for many new therapies, and we're working on scaling these to allow many more Americans to access different drugs that have shown really good promise. We've had some un really good promise. Uh, we will do so in a way that lets us continue to collect good data to know which medicines are safe, and which medicines are working the best. We have a couple that we're, we're in really good shape on. Uh, and that's for immediate delivery. 
We'll see when that immediate delivery does happen, but we have to tell our public that's not so immediate as the president uh, would like it to be. Now, the president also said that the vaccine is also being sped and uh, fast-tracked as much as possible. The FDA correcting the president today, saying, well, this may actually still take up to 12 months. So that vaccine, they are studying cases from Europe and from China, extracting everything they can, they said at the press conference from those studies abroad to be able to bring them to the U.S. and the FDA is trying the best they can to be able to get something on the market, but not as fast as the president would like it to be. Meanwhile, here in Congress, Senate is still on. They're still discussing the second package that we talked about earlier in the week that would actually send money to the American people that's still being discussed. That may be approved next week. The one that you talked about earlier that was approved yesterday and signed by the president, that will actually make sure that tests for the coronaviruses are free and they have no cost to the public that they are that there is paid sick leave for those who do not who are not currently covered um, their employment doesn't pay their sick leave and other benefits but the money that would go to the American people that's still being discussed here in the Senate and we should hear more in the next coming days back to you thanks so much Janet for that information in Washington DC White House officials are also warning younger Americans they are not immune to the coronavirus. New CDC data shows younger adults are at risk of developing some serious medical problems. An analysis of cases in the U.S. show between one in five and one in seven people who test positive between the ages of 20 to 44 require hospitalization. The coronavirus is impacting seemingly every aspect of American life, including immigration. Now, U.S. immigration officials say they will adjust their focus in light of this pandemic. ICE says it will temporarily stop enforcement and will now only focus on deporting people who are a public safety risk or those who commit crimes. ICE says it will exercise discretion to delay enforcement for people who don't fall into those categories until after this crisis subsides. And for more on the virus and its impact on immigration, let's go to Melissa Taveras. She's with the Florida Immigrant Coalition. Melissa, thanks so much for joining us, also from home. Thank you, Andrea. Thank you for having me. As we heard, Immigration and Customs Enforcement is pausing most immigrant arrests during this time. What is the Trump administration doing to keep those immigrants who are in detention centers from contracting the virus? Well, you're right. We did hear that there was a statement released by USCIS saying that they weren't going to conduct operations around medical centers, medical facilities, or clinics. And we are also hearing that, as you mentioned in your introduction, that they are reducing the amount of operations. However, as soon as yesterday, we heard that they were conducting operations in Gainesville, that they were um, conducting operations earlier this morning in Gainesville here in the state of Florida. So it's a very troubling situation. I I mean, just on a typical day, prisons cannot follow the guidelines listed by the CDC inside of jails, prisons, and detention centers. There's just no way to self-isolate. And we've also heard reports, many reports, that there isn't enough hygiene inside of these detention centers. So it is a public safety issue to not mitigate the amount of people inside of detention centers, prisons, and jails at this very critical moment. If anyone at risk of dying should be let go of, 
vulnerable people, vulnerable people, elderly people should be released immediately to mitigate the situation and not only put um, make sure that our immigrant communities aren't in danger, but not to make sure that we're not creating a greater public safety issue for the public at large. Now, Melissa, what are you hearing from those immigrants in the community? What types of fears are they expressing? Is it the spread of this virus or what else? Right. Well, we actually have a hotline at the Florida Immigrant Coalition where we've been filtering calls from the communities. And we're hearing tons of concerns from, is it okay for me to go to the hospital? Is it okay if I feel symptoms for me to go to a clinic or will I be engaged by ICE? Um, we even got a call from an individual who said that he has problems with his lungs. He's an elderly, elderly gentleman, and he was required to go to a check-in with immigration. So he was literally getting contradicting and information from both the CDC and from DHS, where the CDC is telling people to stay isolated, to stay at home. And he was literally getting something from DHS saying that he needed to check in with immigration. So we are getting calls of concerns from our communities. They don't understand, they don't understand really what the dangers are in terms of immigration at this point, immigration enforcement. And of course, we understand that, unfortunately, because of the policies stemming from this administration, our communities have lived under fear for a very long time. And so in instances like these, it's so critical that we understand that really having trust within our communities is so important. Now let's talk about the public charge rule. That's the Trump administration's rule that withholds green cards and visas from immigrants who use or are deemed likely to use public benefits. Many immigrants are worried perhaps about using unemployment benefits if they happen to lose a job in the midst of all this or perhaps getting tested for coronavirus for fear of being penalized under this rule. Will the Trump administration enforce this rule under the current situation? And there, that's such a great question. And what we have heard is that for any coronavirus treatments or preventative services specifically, there is an exception. It won't affect public charge determination. But again, we ask that um, individuals check in with their attorneys um, just to make sure that other benefits may not hinder their future application processes. But what we do know for now is that anything related to coronavirus in terms of treatment, preventative services, any sort of services offered by the government to specifically treat or prevent coronavirus will be exempt from the public charge determination. And hopefully we can get enough tests out there. Thanks so much, Melissa, for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Andrea. And now turning to Europe, Italy is reporting nearly 500 new deaths and over 4,000 new cases in just 24 hours. The situation there is escalating rapidly with hospital officials warning of possible catastrophe if the number of cases continues to mount. Italy, unable to wake up from its nightmare. 475 more deaths in 24 hours, the deadliest day in the coronavirus outbreak anywhere, including China. This video, taken inside a hospital in Lombardy, the hardest-hit region, shows an ICU unit packed with patients. These are very, very tough days. Doctors and nurses overwhelmed and space and equipment running out. The problem is the beds. All the intensive care units are full, so to find other places is, is become very difficult. So the patients are sent to other hospitals and to other regions also. 
The American NGO Samaritan's Purse, which deploys to disaster zones, now airlifting a field hospital to help with 68 beds and 20 tons of medical equipment. Data shows the U.S. is about two weeks behind Italy in the number of cases. Now, on day 10 of their lockdown, they're telling Americans what they would have done differently. And Americans in Italy warning friends and family back home to listen to health officials. You don't realize who you're going to come in contact with next. You could be a carrier and not even know it. And then you go and get in contact with someone else and they are the person that suffers because they contacted the virus from you incredible to see how this is impacting everyone on every level. And joining us now is an American couple who has been stranded in Morocco for over a week due to the coronavirus outbreak. Their dream vacation turned into a nightmare. They've been unable to get a flight back to the U.S. ever since President Trump banned travel into the U.S. from European countries. Lauren Davenport and Daniel Fernandez, they join us now from Marrakesh. Welcome. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having us. So explain to us why exactly were you guys unable to get on a flight on time back to the U.S.? What exactly is happening? So when one of the things it's easy to say, you know, we should have paid attention to travel bans. Um, A lot of people were out here way before they started talking about them. When we booked our flights and took our flights, the CDC had no restrictions. Um, And we came here for a desert camping adventure. Um, One of the things that you may not be aware of is that in Morocco, internet and cell phone service, it's not guaranteed. So while we were out in the desert and 10 hours away from civilization, we had no information or contact with the outside world. So when we arrived back on Thursday, we found out that our flights home had been canceled and that there was no way out. Has the U.S. Embassy tried to help you? What exactly are U.S. officials telling you at this time? That's the biggest problem of all. They're telling us very little. So we've been told to send our information over to the embassy, email. Um, we've had others that we've heard were even you know, sleeping outside of the embassy just trying to get some sort of response, and we've gotten none. Um, we've been asked to go to a website called STEP and submit our information for travel. But thus far, there's been very little communication from the U.S. at all for any of the citizens abroad. There are almost 60 cases in Morocco. What measures is that country taking? And do you feel safe there? I would say we do feel safe here, at least from the coronavirus. Um, When we arrived here in Morocco, they took our temperature. They took photos of us, as you can see in the photos. Um, They gave us information about it. Their people are being very diligent with the social distancing. The social distancing. Uh, For us, because we were in Spain, which is a hotbed for the coronavirus right now, we have decided that we're doing a two-week self-quarantine because we think it's important. Um, We feel great. We're healthy. We don't have any type of symptoms, but we're just trying to do our part, um, like I think most people are. Well, that's some good news there. At least you feel healthy right now. Now, I understand you both work as consultants and are used to traveling and working remotely. We saw you there working with your laptops in the room. How has this affected you? How are you feeling? I think we're one of the lucky few in that we sort of built a lifestyle that allows us to travel. And 
for that reason, uh, and being in a country that where people are traveling abroad, they might not have international cell phone plans and laptops like we do. So we're able to connect with the other Americans here. We're trying to be a voice for all those so they can be heard because there are so many here that are stranded that have no voice. And we want to be the voice for all of those people. Because they need medications, they need food, they need places to stay. And that's not a guarantee anymore, um, which seems like a shock in 2020 uh, for an American citizen. But it, it's, it's our reality. Well, right now, you guys just need to stay safe, stay put. Thank you, Lauren Davenport and Daniel Fernandez. We hope you get home soon, and please keep us posted as to what happens next. Thank you so much. More of you news after this short break. Imagine a daily newscast that speaks to you about your world in plain English. Each weekday, we partner with Hispanic America's most trusted news source to bring you the stories from home and abroad that matter to you. They don't know when they're going to be able to go back to work. Victims also from Mexico and this mass shooting. Officials in and out of the residence. We're going to continue fighting. You News covers the news of your world and makes it easy to understand. Your News, your world, You News on Fusion. Welcome back to You News. We are now learning that the death toll in Italy has spiked once again. The Washington Post reporting that Italy now has suffered at least 3,400 deaths, while the number of deaths in China currently stands at 3,100 and closer to home in El Salvador, that country now confirming its first positive case of coronavirus. Salvadoran President Nayib Bukele reported the person had recently visited Italy and entered the country through, quote, an unofficial point. This comes on the heels of that country announcing it had suspended deportation flights of its nationals from the U.S. and Mexico until further notice to prevent the spread of coronavirus. In Bolivia, the Ministry of Health has confirmed 15 cases of COVID-19. At a press conference, Health Minister Aníbal Cruz reported three cases were confirmed in the last 24 hours. The minister asked to take measures to prevent the spread of this virus. In Mexico, there are currently at least 90 confirmed cases in the capital of Mexico City. Many are concerned about the cleanliness of public transportation and what critics call the lack of mitigation efforts by the government. But now, as Melissa del Pozo reports, some are turning to a new solution, cycling. Every day, 8 million people in Mexico City use public transport subway, buses, train, and shuttles. Eight million people who can now get coronavirus are facing the few measures put in place by the government here. The image that we have for our president is like nothing has happened. It's an ugly way to come across, not just to the world, but to us. There are more than 82 confirmed cases, right? Hopefully it will be not late. They are not doing enough. They haven't activated the necessary safety protocols such as restricting or limiting contact with people like in the Metrobús. A recent study of a national university in Mexico reveals that at the subway and train stations and at the buses travels at least 5,000 types of bacteria that causes diseases to Mexicans. Maya is an activism in favor of the use of bicycles in large cities like Mexico's capital, especially in time of pandemics like the one we are currently facing. At the moment we get on a bicycle, our contact with the rest of society is minimal. The bicycle allows you to have your own space in the line with recommendations from the World Health Organization. Those recommendations are that we keep one meter away from people. On a bicycle, that problem is already solved. For Maya, cycling is beneficial 
not just for preventing coronavirus. It's proven that those who have physical activity have a stronger immune system, a greater capacity to recover from an illness. Sanitary measures must also be taken in public transport, like disinfecting contact areas every time before use. In China, where coronavirus paralyzed many transport networks, the bicycle was the means of getting around that was not restricted. Now Mexicans are already preparing for a similar future. For Mexico City, Melissa del Pozo, U News. Brazil's Christ the Redeemer lit up Wednesday night in a show of global solidarity during the pandemic. The statue overlooks Rio de Janeiro and was lit up with the flags of countries that have reported cases of the virus. The message, pray together, was also projected onto the statue in different languages. A mass was held at the landmark where parishioners prayed for the sick all over the world. Thanks for listening to You News, the podcast. Don't forget to follow You News on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review. And join us tomorrow for a new episode. Until then.